Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the People's Show, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bick, Dom, Elon, running the show. Always want to hear from you as well into our Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650, 650, Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. On the show today, Kevin Woodley will join us in the second half of the show, touching on what Rick Bonus had to say as well, Winnipeg Jets, end of an era. We don't even need to speculate it's end of an era. <laughs> Rick Bonus laying down the law. Really showing that it's the uh, end of an era right now in Winnipeg. So we'll have a quick conversation. I want to hear from you as well. Uh, you know what, what interests you out of Winnipeg? If they're jettisoning talent, what do you want to try to pry out of Winnipeg? We'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, also, Leafs Lightning. But do want to start. With the NFL draft, break shout out to the 31 players getting selected yesterday. Bryce Young, number one among them. But did you notice something yesterday out of the 31 picks that got selected? And we'll talk about what the Seahawks did. We'll talk about some teams and some winners and some losers. But it was blatantly obvious where that league is going, where the NFL is going. Yes, there was a running back pick early. Yes, there were two running back picks early. But of the 31 selections, by my count, I only see four guys that their primary function is not in the passing game. That's it. Four players. It is a passing league more than ever before. And if you don't help out in that, you're not getting drafted high. Simple as that. You can go through it. Two running backs, Bijan. Jameer Gibbs goes at 12th overall to the Detroit Lions. Jack Campbell, linebacker. And Mazzy Smith to the Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty much it. Everyone else has got a pass-rushing functionality or passing game functionality in their game. Four of 31. That is staggering to show you where this league is going and how it influences draft boards and how it influences teams making these selections. We'll get into the Seahawks because we touched on it yesterday. Jalen Carter, do you get an Anthony Richardson? They go, I don't want to say off the board, but breaking consensus. Devin Witherspoon would have went sixth overall right after. Surprise, surprise, Detroit trades out right after Seattle makes that selection. So it's breaking away from consensus, but it's not off the board for what the Seahawks did at fifth overall. But this is what you have to do now. Yes, they have major flaws in the defensive line. Pete Carroll talking about it last night, and it feels like they're chalked up to scheme more than talent, and they need to get more bodies in there, but certainly a way to address that moving forward. If you aren't impacting the passing game in some way and using premium assets to do so, it's not about covering up what you did yesterday. It's preparing for tomorrow as well. And that's what the Seahawks did yesterday. They go and get a cornerback one. They go and get 
a wide receiver one yesterday. And go across the drafts, that's what everyone was trying to do. How do we go sack the quarterback? How do we stop receivers? Or how do we get receivers? And how do we protect the quarterback? That was what the draft was yesterday. Gone. And this should be an emerging trend, too. Obviously, special talents are going to dictate special circumstances. But this is going to dictate what we see moving forward uh, across the league. Uh, As far as some other teams that did great, Honestly, I think the Houston Texans did fantastic. I know it was a big trade going up from 12 to number three to go get Will Anderson, pass rusher, having already secured C.J. Stroud. But much like we've talked about with the Vancouver Canucks, you know, they traded that pick to go get a Philip Hronick. They didn't operate into deficit to go do it. Houston Texans do the same thing. You had an extra first in the future. You go use it. And now you've got these two pillars for your organization, one on offense, one on defense, and you didn't have to go into deficit to try to achieve it. Tone setters on both sides of the ball, and now you start to build this out with your regular allotment of picks. Are more better? Of course they are. I get it. But at some point, you need to start building your program, and that's a team that right now, they need to start building their program from the ground up. And you need influencers on both sides of the ball. New regime comes in, new coaching staff, D'Amico Ryans gets his opportunity. And I've joked about this before, when a, when a new regime comes in, what are your first 100 days like? Similar to the, the presidency talk that we have. What are the first 100 days like? Who are you instituting into your cabinets? Who are you bringing in that's going to be the message carriers for what you're trying to achieve moving forward? Houston Texans hit a home run. They get their quarterback. They get someone on the defensive line. And on the defense, it's going to be by all accounts, leader, impact player, responsible. They start building this out for a team that is sorely lacking in talent. That's why they find themselves in the back end or the front end of drafts. They start building this out. Big win for the Houston Texans as well. 650-650. Chris and Duncan, how many positions don't include a passing element? Here's the thing. The running backs are good pass catchers, absolutely. Is their primary function pass catchers? Kevin and Port Moody do some homework, gives us the best receiver in the draft, even though he's a running back. I'm not saying he's not a good pass catcher. I'm saying what is his primary function? Yes, he's a very good pass catcher. No disputing it. But he is a running back. His primary function is going to be as a running back. Can feature in the passing game. But he is a running back. That's the bottom line of what we're talking about here. 650-650. Eddie and Surrey, loving the Seahawks picks. Best CB, best wide receiver. We're the spoon. Heat-seeking kamikaze missile. Hardest-hitting cornerback in the draft. uh, Starting out for Legion of Boom 2.0. And yeah, before the Seahawks, they got someone that fits the mold of what they're trying to achieve, right? Get your identity right. And their identity is always compete. That's Pete Carroll's philosophy. How do you get people that fit that mold? Do they need defensive interior defensive line specifically? Yeah, and you know, there's going to be some people that are annoyed that they pass on a Jalen Carter. The thing that's interesting about this too, but for the Seahawks, and we'll talk about both uh, the fifth pick and the 20th pick, is they made a strength stronger, and think of who that pushes down on the depth chart. Tariq Woolen, Potential Rookie of the Year candidate last year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Suddenly, instead of Tariq Woolen needing to 
continue to get better to be a number one, like we're, we're talking about top five cornerback in the league. Instead of that happening, now he can be an elite number two. Devin Witherspoon's going to be a strong talent, and hopefully, you, you hope he gets to the stage where you're talking about top five in the in top five, top ten in the league. You go and bring in a Jackson Smith and Jigba. That pushes a Tyler Lockett now down to an elite third wide receiver. These are weapons that teams are going to have to try to solve. They throw out all three guys. How are we going to solve this? And where's DK going? Tyler Lockett, who's already one of the most productive receivers in the league, throwing a Jackson Smith and Jigba, who in his role is going to be one of the premier's premier wide receivers playing slot receiver. He gets he gets the bulk of those snaps already at Ohio State. Throw him in this offense. Shane Waldron running the show, who previously worked in Saint in in Los Angeles with the Rams in the Cooper Cup role. It's a great marriage between offensive philosophy and personnel that was available to you. Suddenly it, it'll it'll take some time to you know phase how to lock it into a third receiving option. But that is a great outcome to be able to look at that and say, I got DK, I got JSN, and I got Tyler Lockett now in these great spots. And that's how you make a strength stronger and also build for the long-term future of what your team is going to look like. 650-650. A Rafe, Bick, hear what you're saying about the Texans, but they could have got the Georgia defensive tackle and kept a lot of picks. The bill comes next year. They need a lot more than two blue chippers. Again, they'll have their first-round pick. That's the key here. They gave up the one that they got in the Deshaun Watson trade. So they'll, they'll have a first-round pick. Uh, but, look, the the Alabama edge is a blue chipper as well. And, and you just need to start building out what you want as your, your team to look like. You get some pillars. You can, it's a lot easier to build around pillars uh, than it is – Scrapping it together just because you got more picks. They bought Kodak. They bought Disney. They went uh, big stock shopping. Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Uh, Kevin and Port Moody texting back in uh, in again, uh, saying uh, Jameer Gibbs. He's going to dominate the passing game for the Lions. They also got Amar Ross St. Brown. Jameson Williams is going to be suspended. They do need pass catching help, and Gibbs will help in that. But again. Is he going to get more rushing or is he going to get more receiving touches? That's the conversation I'm trying to have. What is his primary role going to be? It's going to be running the ball. Uh, good thoughts coming to the inbox, 650-650. All right, want to touch on the Winnipeg Jets as well. It went wrong for them in a big way. Injuries play a role into it, obviously. But what did Rick Bonus need to see from his best players? He didn't see it. Uh, if you haven't heard the audio from Rick Bonus's uh, series-ending press conference uh, after the Winnipeg Jets were eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights, here's uh, Rick Bonus post-game in a short availability uh, last night. Uh, overall thoughts on that one? <laughs> overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release them? It's, it started back in January and February. 
what is it about this team's leadership core that are the top end players? We've talked all. We got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Uh, overall thoughts on that one? <laughs> short one from Rick Bonus. Just like their series, it was it was a short run uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. This just strikes me as, you know, we all have that friend that you know breaks up, has a relationship break up, and and they hang on to the memories for a bit too long. You know, they just just want to keep rem- reminiscing about the great moments rather than moving forward. And the Winnipeg Jets did that. It's like, hey, we made the third round. We don't need to change this team's core. They hang on season after season. And there was a law of diminishing returns at some point. It all slowly started to regress. And now you're at this stage, and you look back at six years, and you say, oh, what did we really accomplish? We, we, we had moments to change, and we didn't really do it at all. And, and change for in, in competitive environments is an interesting principle. You, you go look at some key managers over in European soccer, you know, Pep Guardiola, Sir Alex Ferguson, they talk about this. You can't keep doing it. Even when you win, you can't keep doing it with the same group because you need to inject that little bit of hunger. You need to inject new faces to keep everyone mush- pushing forward. You do it with the same seven guys over and over again, it's going to wear on teams. At some point, you end up just not having the same competitive fire because everyone's trying to meet your bar and push past you. And the Winnipeg Jets never really made changes. And now they're in the situation where they go into this offseason, and it is looking grim. Pierre-Luc Dubois, by all accounts, out the door. Mark Scheifele... They have to make a decision a year away. Look, we're very familiar with those year away conversations for centers in this market. What are you going to do with Mark Shifley? Do you try to just solve that this offseason and say, hey, we're moving on? If you're looking at the Winnipeg Jets roster, 650-650, and you're trying to look at it from a Vancouver Canucks vantage point, who are you trying to pry out of Winnipeg? There are some big names there, some, some sexy names. Look, I love Kyle Connor, one of the funnest players to watch. I, if I'm building a wish list, that's who I'm starting with. But that's not really realistic, okay? The, the name I do look at, and it's a name I brought up years ago when he was being moved out years ago from San Jose. It's Dylan DeMello. Like, what are we looking at in general right now? For the Vancouver Canucks. Cost control, middle middle shelf is what we're looking for. Right shot D-man, someone who's responsible, someone who plays next to Quinn Hughes. It's a value player. It's $3 million. It might cost a, a, a bit to get a player in a premium position. But all the attributes that we talk about, someone who can play next to Quinn Hughes, Dylan DeMello kind of fills. And if, if we're just having a conversation of the Winnipeg Jets going to blow up their core, who can you get out of there? This is the name I'm circling. Big red Sharpie around Dylan DeMello's name. Because at a price point at $3 million with a year remaining, 
age range. He's a little bit older than I think a lot of people would want. He's uh, turning 30 in a couple of days here. But this is kind of that range where it makes sense in the Canucks build. You'd have to make some other changes as well. But this is the price point and the style of player that you'd love to try to get your hands on if the Winnipeg Jets are amenable to making some changes. And, and boy, should they be trying to make some changes. It, it, just, it just hasn't worked, and they got big decisions coming up this offseason. See some Adam Lowry techs uh, coming in, 650, 650. Uh, and and the other big one too, uh, Rafe is texting and, and Kyle Connor. Look, <laughs> Kyle Connor, a speedy scoring winger. What are we talking about? This team is trying to design right now alongside Elias Pedersen and JT Miller. Speedy scoring wingers. It'd be a souped-up version of Brock Besser. Throw him next to JT Miller. It, it'd look fantastic. I just don't think it's realistic. I'm with you, Rafe. Hey, Kyle Connor is one of my favorite watches in the league. I just don't see a scenario that you're going to be able to pry him out of there. A, they love him. B, he signed to till 2026. And and most importantly, he's productive. He scores goals. 47 last year, 31 this year, 80 points again this year. Kyle Connor isn't slumping. Pierre-Luc Dubois went anonymous for stretches this season, especially later on in this season. Ended up a dash four in this series. Always, you know, rumors about him wanting to go to the next destination. That's a difficult commitment at times. Now, Blake Wheeler, they've done the captaincy thing. You're probably going to have to retain on him to try to move off of him. But I imagine Kyle Connor's lower on their list of priorities to try to move out. Tyler Texian, 650, 650. Uh, would Nate Schmidt come back to Vancouver? <laughs> uh, that's, might be a tougher one to uh, facilitate as well. <laughs> you know, he's got that modified no trade. Maybe Vancouver's back on that list. Uh, Kevin from Surrey, what's wrong with Kyle Burroughs? He played w- good with Queen Hughes. Played fine. But do you want to push the ceiling? Much as similar to the conversation we were having earlier. Hey, how do you make a strength stronger and slot everyone else down the depth chart? Yeah, can he do a job? He can do a job. Do you want someone that excels at it and push someone down the depth chart so they can also excel at a lower spot in the lineup? That That's what I would be trying to achieve. And look, I'm pro bringing back... Kyle Burroughs, and I know Ian McIntyre wrote it in his off-season priorities as well. You can go read that at sportsnet.ca. But far more likely to be in a 7-8 role than a top-pairing role. But I'd, I'd love to see Kyle Burroughs return. We were talking about players that push back and fight back and take up a cause for your teammates. Kyle Burroughs did all those things in an adept role. That'd be fantastic to see him back in that spot. 650, 650. Logan Stanley. Yeah, Logan Stanley's uh, someone that uh, has slipped a little bit. Now, Logan Stanley was uh, left side of D man, six foot six. So you'd be replacing uh, Tyler Myers' height with Logan Stanley. <laughs> Tapping into the Winnipeg Jets height farm that they got going on. But certainly someone that they really liked two years ago. 
and a little bit of a fall from grace. Then you throw in a Dylan Sandberg, who's kind of risen up the depth chart. Obviously, they go acquire Nate Schmidt, Brendan Dillon. Maybe Logan Stanley's falling out of favor in Winnipeg. Is that someone you're looking at as a former first-round pick, someone that you can get excited about? He is a restricted free agent, so you're acquiring to sign him as well. But I can't imagine the cost is going to be too, too much on a name like that. The, the name I'm interested in, what they do. We, we talked about a Pierre-Luc Dubois, a Mark Shifley, you know, Nikolai Ehlers. Fantastic player, injury history and availability, always a bit of a question mark. But what do they do with Connor Hellebuck? One year left at just over $6 million. If you're doing a retool on the fly, because they could do the the Boston Bruins 2015 thing. Trade a couple of guys, get some first-round picks, make that retool on the fly work. Do you do it with someone like Connor Hellebuck? who's going to want to raise, who's at that spot where he can start negotiating his contract. And it's going to be a pretty penny. And if you're in a rebuild phase, do you even want to entertain that conversation or do you try to take a haul for Connor Hellebuck? And I imagine there's going to be some teams very interested. I look at an L.A. They'd fall over themselves to try to acquire a Connor Hellebuck. It's something we'll get into with Kevin Woodley. On the other side, from InGoal Magazine, the InGoal Radio Podcast, and NHL.com, the goalie guru. We'll talk to him about uh, what plagued the Winnipeg Jets and Connor Hellebuck's game. And is there a scenario where he finds himself in another city? Which teams could be in the market for a Hellebuck type? That's all in the way. Keep getting your thoughts in as well. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Plus, later today, 6 o'clock, heads up. If you're around town driving around in this gorgeous weather we're getting, you want to tune into hockey. Not only we got the NHL playoffs, but at 6 o'clock later today, Abby Canucks on our airwaves. Trying to claw back after a Game 1 OTL against the Wranglers. You'll hear that game on our airwaves later today at 6 o'clock. Abs for Canucks here on Sportsnet 650, the home of the Canucks at Sportsnet 650.